So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great returning guest, and we're going to talk about something a lot different than what we've talked about in the past. I got Daniel Lesniak on the line, and Daniel is, is a real estate agent, right, in Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, absolutely crushing it, right, business-wise. We're going to find out how, but he, he was on uh, by himself, uh, episode 517, and then him and his wife, Carrie Scholl. And you might have mentioned that, remember them coming on talking about the course we did with, with Rebus University, the Certified Buyer Agent course. If you haven't taken that course or seen that course, you need to look at it at rebusuniversity.com. Uh, Becoming the best buyer agent in your market possible. That was episode 610. And he was recently down with uh, Grant Cardone in Grant Cardone Studios. And he also had a meeting with Gary V because uh, Carrie and Dan wanted to completely amp up their business digitally in many different ways. And uh, he got tons of advice from both of them. I said, hey, man, why don't you come on the show and tell me what you learned from Gary V and tell me what you learned from Grant Cardone. He said, okay, so uh, hold on to your seats because this is going to be good. So welcome back, Daniel Lesniak. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for that introduction. Always Love chatting with you. I learn a lot every time, so I'm excited to be back on the show today. And like you said, we've got a ton of ton of great stuff to talk about. Hey, buddy, why don't you tell everybody like who you are and a little bit about yourself so they get to know you better? Sure. So I am a real estate agent, uh, broker, owner. We own our own team up in Arlington, Virginia. I've been in the business for seven years. I started out part-time. I got my license. I was doing a defense contracting job and my business took off super fast. About two to three months in, I had to quit my job because real estate was getting to be too big of an opportunity for me. And I ended up closing about 22 million, a little over 22 million my first year. A year after that, I met Carrie and we, we hit it off business-wise and personally. So now we are married, two kids, a third on the way, and our, our business has been combined essentially for five years. And we've, we've taken uh, you know, what we each did uh, individually and created a big team. We've got about 50 people now. We are closing in on 300 million this year. That's our goal. We, we think we'll hit it. And yeah, super Super excited to, to be here today. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about. That's awesome, dude. I love that. So closing in on $300 million in real estate volume. What, like, uh, how many units will that be? That will be close to 500. 500 homes sold. And, and so what is the, uh, we like to talk commissions here to get the real deal. So what is your ECI? What would your ego commission be? Total gross uh, on the top line for those 500 deals that would probably be close to right probably close to 8 million 
eight million bucks. So, what um, what's your profit margin? I think we'll in the past we've been around thirty five percent. This year with expansion, we've we've been squeezed a little on margins. I I think we'll end up around twenty five percent. Yeah, I mean, but twenty twenty five percent of eight million is two million clean. Yeah, yeah we'll be so, in the two million range. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, have you ever profited $2 million in a year past? We've, we've come close, but we've, we've always, yeah, the last three years we've, we've been close, but never. Okay. Never that mark. All right. Well, well, I hope you make it because that, that's a nice, um, it's a nice benchmark. All right, cool. So let's talk about your recent endeavors here. So first of all, you met Gary V. Tell me about that. Yeah. So that, that was really cool. We, had a chance to go to a, a conference, an event up here in the D.C. area. Uh, Robert Hervcheck from Shark Tank was there, Gary V and Tony Robbins. And we, we paid extra to do a dinner with Gary V, Gary, myself, and actually Matt O'Neill, another uh, GoBundance guy for all those listening who are, know about GoBundance or are in it. And the, the company putting it all together kind of screwed up, actually. And... The dinner was supposed to be after the event was over, but they, they called us at six o'clock and said, hey, where are you? The dinner's now. And that was just when Tony was taking the stage. So they, they kind of screwed up. We were in a little bit of a, you know, panic, not panic, but just, you know, what the heck are they doing? And we said, well, look, we, we can't leave Tony. We paid a lot to be here, paid a lot to, to see, to have dinner with Gary as well. And it was supposed to be a dinner with, I think, 10 people total. So what they ended up doing is they, they gave the three of us a chance to meet with him in his hotel lobby before he went to the airport. So we got about 30 to 40 minutes just sitting around uh, in a hotel lobby. They let us film it uh, and just having a conversation with him and, and, you know, following up on what he taught at the conference. So it, prob- it probably was better. I liked it better, actually. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it ended up being a better deal. Right, because uh, and 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 they knew they screwed up, right? I mean, they did, and they were very uh, apologetic. Gary was, you know, very upset that it had happened, and and you know, it wasn't his fault. It was the people putting on the conference? But you know, yeah, he was super cool about it. So, yeah, you you're know. lucky you answered the phone because I was at Tony Robbins recently, and the whole thing was like, turn off your phones. You can't film any of this. You know, it was all private. So. I was actually surprised, and maybe because it wasn't his event, someone else was putting it on, but they, we were in the front row, and we were like filming him when he was right in front of me, and uh, yeah, I, normally at his events, it's, it's just like you said. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what you learned. Oh, and by the way, guys, Matt O'Neill, who, who Dan mentioned, uh, yes, has been on the show. He's, uh, he's actually episode 605. He's got a uh, independent company out of Charleston and uh, great. If you haven't heard that, you want to listen to 605. So, okay. So keep going. So you guys got to sit down with Gary V. Summarize it. Like what'd you learn that real estate agents trying to grow their business need to know? Yeah. So his, he's, his big push is on digital media. And what, what I learned at the, the conference portion from him was the, the advertising costs on Facebook, Instagram are still, even though we're 10 years into, you know, Facebook or more and five, six years into Instagram, the, the price there he thinks is very undervalued. He thinks that'll continue for a few more years at least. He said it reminded him of the early 2000s 
with Google PPC. So Google pay per click. Yeah, he he told us his his wine business grew because of Google PPC from three million to sixty million. But if he completely abandoned traditional marketing and, and had he put it all into PPC, it would have grown to a quarter billion. Wow. And he basically says the same thing exists now with Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, they're at 20 to, you know, 10 to $20 per thousand impressions in a lot of areas where Google PPC is at, you know, a hundred dollars per thousand impressions. And to, to put that kind of into some numbers for real estate agents, because we've, we've had a ton of success with direct mail over the years, but that's just because we're, we're big. We've got the money. We've been doing it to a certain area. But for us to reach 1,000 people direct mail is $500. And now on, on Facebook, we can do it for $20 or less, that same amount of people. And I've, I've, let, I've let me slow this of- down in case you guys didn't hear that. So he's saying, let's say 50 cents, right? And that, that, that's including printing and postage, right? You're saying you, for 50 cents a person, you can reach people through direct mail. And it, I mean, these are just round numbers, obviously, but for roughly $500, what you would spend, it's going to cost you $20 to reach the same exact people on Facebook. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that is like a... Undervalued. That's yeah. what you call undervalued. Yeah. And, the, and the, the really, and we've been doing social media for a number of years, but I think in the past, we maybe have treated it as kind of like a check, check the box. We're doing it because someone said you you know, you should do it. And, you know, maybe we're not, maybe we're putting some content out, but, but not a ton. And we're not really, you know, maybe we, we boost posts, but we really don't focus on how we advertise it, how we, how we market it. And, you know, when you really dig into these ad sets, like there's just so much power, you know, if I send a postcard, I don't know who, who looked at it, who read it, what they did. I, you know, I can put a custom URL or a, a trackable phone number on there. And if they come in through that, great. I won that lottery ticket sort of, but with Facebook ads and, and other things online, I can actually, you know, advertise to a custom list of people or a geographic area or based on interest. I can put out a video and then I can see, okay, who watched 50% of this or 75%. Let me advertise to them, you know, a deeper message, a bigger call to action. So it's, it's just a lot more power a lot more data you can get and for a, a tenth of the cost or less a 20th of the cost uh, than some of the traditional methods yeah it makes a lot of sense okay what else uh, he was a very big proponent of localized content he used the phrase be the mayor of your town so in other words go around you know if if the local newspaper runs a story on it and he used the fire example. If there's a fire on Main Street that the local stories, local blog, newspaper is talking about, go out there with your cell phone, record a couple people, record yourself, spend some money advertising it, and and just you know, you're, these are these are things you're not going to get an instant return. You're not going to see a, you're not going to get a listing off that typically, like the next day. But you start doing this for two, three, four months and longer, and all of a sudden you kind of become the locally known guy, the, the, the mayor of your town. He also used the example of the, the cool kid in high school who's threw a party at his house when his parents <laughs> went out of town. Right, right. Like you instantly become that. Yeah, and there's plenty of movies about that, right? Because you're a loser and then you have a party 
And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, dude, you're the man, right? You're, you're really popular. It's, you know, it's funny because like I had a situation where this happened. Like I was at the, um, it was in downtown Ellicott City, Maryland, and it started flooding and they had this, these floods. They've had floods two out of the last three years uh, where people have died and um, the whole town goes underwater. And it just by fluke coincidence, I happened to be at a bar with my wife sitting there having a beer and it started flooding and and i started to film it and um facebook did something because i guess because it was coming on the news it was national news right because it's such a weird phenomena it's a weather phenomena that they can't explain or they can explain now but i won't get into it but anyways um it started suddenly going everywhere like everybody i know saw that i mean there must have been like 50 people that said pat you know, I saw you trying to be a reporter during the floods and it was complete coincidence, right? But I think Facebook took it and they knew it was newsworthy and they knew it was trending and they boosted it. Like I didn't pay a cent extra, but everybody saw that. And I can post a picture of my foot or my dog and no one would see it, right? And, and or, or do a FaceTime live of me getting new shoes or, you know what I mean? Getting my hair cut and no one would see it. So I think what he had to say, there's a lot of merit in that, right? If you, if there's a fire, be that person in your town that's, that's going there. And if it's trending, the algorithms are going to take care of you. They're going to, it's going to be like a, a wave that you ride for free. Brokers and team leaders, are you tired of seeing dwindling numbers at your monthly sales meetings? And I don't mean numbers as far as sales. I mean, Numbers as far as agents attending. Do you struggle with creating new and exciting content that will not only motivate your agents, but deliver actual results to them? Do you want your agents using proven sales techniques that increase their commissions? We've got the answer for you. Rebus University is launching a lunch and learn series you can purchase to provide structure and content to your meetings. The series has 12 30 minute trainings taught by me and top producers from around the world and specifically is designed to increase production for your agents. Plus, when you purchase these trainings, you will also receive significant discounts for the go-getters on your team or in your office who want more training and bigger results. So don't delay. Go to hybendigital.com backslash teams. That's hybendigital.com backslash teams or call Katherine Brower today at 843-749-9900. That's 843-749-9900. And get started with your Rebus University Lunch and Learn. Yeah, and the and the more the more you do it, the more they you know he called it over indexing. The the you know this platform will start to over index your stuff if you get enough of those, and then the next thing you know, like anything you post is organically you know rising up to the top so. and, and 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 then what happens on on instagram especially you start showing up on people you should follow like if you're always talking about real estate real estate real estate or you're always talking about you know arlington virginia or washington dc washington dc washington dc 
and then someone's following a politician in Washington, D.C., it's going to say, people you should follow. It's going to say Daniel Lesniak. You know what I mean? Like, who is this guy? Well, he's always talking politics in D.C. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, another, another lesson we learned was just the importance of, and we talked a little bit about this before the call, but just, you know, not everything you're going to do is going to work. But if you keep on trying, you know, on certain platforms, eventually you'll find stuff that works. And, and he also mentioned it in the context of to try social media platforms that are not yet relevant. So, you know, he used Snapchat as an example and, and Instagram five years ago is an example. And the people who were on them early are, are the ones that developed the biggest followings. And even if a platform, you know, dwindles in, po in popularity, which has sort of happened to Snapchat after Instagram came out with the stories, you know, he credited him being early on Snapchat to knowing how to best use the Instagram stories when those features came out. So this idea that, you know, you don't know what within a platform is going to work and you don't know which platforms will work, but the more you're trying, doing, practicing, the, the better position you, you will be in when that, that opportunity comes up. Now, when you were sitting in the lobby with, with Gary Vanderchuk, were, were, did he have a guy there filming uh, his stuff for his social media? He did. He was, so he was wearing a, a lav mic, so everything was being recorded. I don't think he had it on film, but he, he had a photographer who was just taking pictures pretty much the whole time. I don't, I don't think they were filming unless there was a hidden camera somewhere that I didn't see. But. So at some, on some level, he was recording his voice for whatever, right? Yeah, and he was, he was big on like multi-purposing multi content. And he, even, he put a big thing out on LinkedIn probably about a week or two before that, actually. It was basically his entire content model, and it's it's on LinkedIn on their their SlideShare program. But it was it was an eighty page PowerPoint, and what he what he talks about there, and what he he talked about with us as well, was the idea of taking a thirty minute piece of content, uh, which he called long form. So it could be a, a podcast, a YouTube video, could even be a long blog article, but then. You know, he doesn't just release that content right away. His staff is going to go through it, look for 15-second to two-minute clips that are interesting little topics, points. And at the same time, you know, eventually he'll release his 30-minute podcast or YouTube video, but then he'll have a bunch of little micro-content, he called it, to go out on all the other platforms, kind of pointing back at it. And then they, they watch and they see, okay, what are people interacting with, using the most? And then they make more micro content from that. So he used the example. He walked through the actual process of one where he took a 30-minute keynote speech and he made that into like 85 pieces of content. So it's just a lot of repurposing, you know, taking content, using it in multiple places and just really eye-opening for me because I've never really put that together yet. Yeah, just just where else could you use this, right? Just don't don't throw away anything, basically, right? Just I mean, it it makes a lot of sense, and I know that a lot of his stuff now is just him talking to somebody. Like he'll take him talking to you and Carrie and and and, and repurpose it to something else, like some piece of advice he gives, right? Because if you're giving advice to people, it's the same thing as you staring at the camera giving advice, but you're giving it to somebody 
who's asking you a question. It's more entertaining if there's more people involved. You know what I mean? There's a real life guy going, hey, Gary, what should I do about this? You know? Yeah. So like as a real estate agent, if you're doing a monthly buyer seminar, you could film that. You know, you have your, the presentation part of it, which could be used over and over again. And then you could film the Q&A, the kind of follow-up that comes after and have a bunch of little clips on certain topics. You know, maybe someone asked about down payment, someone asked about interest rate or VA loan or this type of loan. So now that, that one hour long buyer seminar becomes 50 to 60 things. You can, you know, put it on LinkedIn, put it on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. Instagram, make ads out of it. So uh, it's, you know, I think it's very applicable to, to what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same reason why it's, why it's more entertaining for people to listen to me talking to you and you talking to me rather than me just ranting, right? Just, just because, you know, you get a couple of people and it's, it, it's more interesting. And then I could repurpose this, you know, a lot easier than I could repurpose talking by myself. So, so let, let, let's talk a little bit about Grant Cardone, you know, and of course we're assuming people know these guys, but if you don't, you need to get to know them both. Uh, Gary Vanderchuk and uh, Grant Cardone, both, both best-selling authors and, and uh, major, major uh, social media icons in the self-improvement space. Uh, okay. So tell, tell us about Grant Cardone. How'd you meet him? What happened with that? Yeah, so we reached out to Grant after meeting with Gary because we wanted to get involved with more people like that, learn from them, and then also see if we could bring them to our area because Grant Cardone's never been to the Washington, D.C. area for a, for a big event. He doesn't do that many of them, and we, we first thought, well, let's see if he has any interest in doing an event in the D.C. area. So those discussions went well. He's going to be here December 7th for the Hyper, uh, hyper Fast Sales Boot Camp. And we went down uh, about a, yeah, a couple weeks ago and did a, an interview with him down in his, his office near Miami. So we had about a, an hour of Carrie and I just interviewing, asking him questions, uh, you know, similar to, to, to what we had with, with Gary, but in his studio. So, you know, that was really cool. We're excited about bringing him to the DC area. And, you know, he, he had a lot to say. He kind of comes from a different, different philosophy than, than a Gary V. So Gary V is more into, I would say, marketing, branding. He's, he puts a lot more stuff out for free. He's, you know, on stage, at least Gary, and on his social media, he talks a lot about doing what you love. And Grant Cardone's sort of the opposite. He's a go out and make sales. You need to go chase money. Don't, don't worry about doing what you love. You know, money can fuel what you love. So they, they sort of have a different, different approach. It was interesting to see, see those, those, those two opposite ends. It both works. They're both doing really well. So, so it, was, it was great to, to have gotten that experience you know, alongside of Gary's. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, 
negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So what did you ask him? So we asked him. We asked him a lot about mentors, actually, because I was I was curious to what he, what he what he would you know what he has to say about mentorship and finding mentors and mm. and he he had some good advice there. Uh, you know, a lot of people think you have to actually meet a mentor, be with them, and and you know he talked a lot about having indirect mentors. So, so he never really had like a father figure type mentors what you're saying all his mentors were indirect would you say or what what how did he how did he answer that question yeah he said he said yeah kind of what you just said he, he didn't have any one person that he named as being a direct mentor or father-like figure he, i think he said his father passed away at a fairly early age actually but he said he would steady successful people and just go like like steady one person for a year and go super deep on them so he he really liked Warren Buffett, uh, he, he, went, he said he revisits him a lot. He said he's, he's, visited, uh, steady, he's studied Steve Jobs a ton. He also went back historically and looked at guys who built the railroad industry and you know, people who built things in, the, in, in America like 200 years ago. So he, he maybe approached it more from a historical, you know, studious kind of, kind of approach rather than than having a one-on-one that that would explain why he's into you know the the heavy work ethic right because all those guys you know all those old school you know railroad guys i mean they were mass workaholics you know what i mean they they that's all they did was work so that may explain some of that um interesting what else did he say uh he, he said to to be careful about your mentors and you know he he talked about like Steve Jobs and, and Elon Musk, just to bring up a couple, like he said, look, just because just Elon Musk does, uh, does drugs and has to take Ambien to sleep and this and that, that doesn't mean that's going to work for you. You know, and he said, Steve Jobs did a lot of good stuff, but if, if you learn from him, like, oh, I need to do uh, psychedelics because he was into that early on, you know, that, that maybe might not work out the same as you. So be careful with what you look at. He also said... A lot of the best mentors may not have time for you. So if you are going to search for a direct mentor, you realize it's going to be hard to get a good one. And if they are really invested in helping you, you're going to have to pay for it, which, mm-hmm. which you know, I, I found interesting, but, but I probably a- a- agree with, you know, there's... Yeah, at least the first meeting, right? I right. mean, at least like, you're, like you've done, right? On some level, you got to get to know them first. And they got to know, like, and trust you, you know, if, if you want a relationship with them where like your cell phone's in their cell phone, right. And you could text them. If that's not a reality, then it's a whole nother thing. But, uh, 
you know, it's, it's hard, I think, for them because everybody wants to be the mentee. And the problem is, you know, a thousand, nine, 999 mentees out of a thousand, you know, won't do what you say. It's, all, it's, it's that one, one guy that does or gal that does what you say that makes it such a rewarding part about life. But, you know, through digital marketing, it's certainly a way you can mentor many, you know, by writing books and by doing podcasts and by, you know, creating digital products and that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And he, he also was just very big on, look, go find out who's the best in your industry. If look, look at the top real estate agents and go study like what they actually do and realize that, that what they say they do might be different than what they actually do. And he gave the example of, I forget the name, but the, the real estate agent in California that sold his, his home out there. He said, look, I know, I know that guy and he, he'll tell you he doesn't cold call. He doesn't prospect, but, but that's how they got my listing. <laughs> so, you know, they, they cold called him. So he said to go and actually study what the top person in that industry is doing and, you know, model that. Yeah, I guess he's saying, you know, trust but verify. I think, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the profit thing. I ask everybody what their profit is. And I know that some people, quite frankly, you know, pull it out of their ass and, and they really don't know it or it's really low and they don't want to admit it. And of course, I don't go in and ask them to verify, let me see your tax returns, that sort of thing. But my point in asking it is to, you know, get everybody to focus on profit because profit is the, the number one thing in America you need to be looking at if you own a business, for the most part, in my opinion, or one of the number one things. And so, you, you know, if you have a mentor, like you said, or Grant said, or you're, or you're thinking about getting a mentor, verify, right? Just verify that what he's saying is true, because there's a lot of charlatans out there. You know, there's a lot of people that will tell you this and tell you one thing, and then you find out that under the hood, it's there's a lot of rust. So, that's really cool. So let's talk about what's going on in, in, in your market. How are things in your area? Are you still in a seller's market? Is it slowing up at all? Is it getting faster? What's going on? We, we haven't seen a slowdown. I've, I've heard of other people in other parts of the country talk about that, but we're still two months, two to three months of inventory. Sometimes we get bidding wars. You know, you got to price the home right to sell it. But, but if you price it right, it's, it's going to move with, within a month or two usually. And I think that's just typical in the you know, DC and close in market where we're kind of always, always chugging along. Well, well you say you got to price it right to sell it, but at the same time, are prices going up? Yeah, prices, prices are up year over year. So then, then it becomes more and more difficult, right? For... To price it right to, to know that you got to price it right to sell it. I mean, it's a moving target. It is, but it's it's not it's not moving so fast that that you shouldn't be able to figure it out. And if 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 it's been on the market more than two weeks and it's you know kind of in the median price point, obviously like two million and up is going to be different. But if you know you know our median price is around five hundred, our team's average is around six hundred and fifty. So. I'd say anything under a million dollars, if, if we don't sell it in a price week or uh, if we don't sell it in two weeks, you know, we're probably overpriced, not by a lot usually, but a couple percent. Yeah. It's funny how, you know, the expectations are so short now, right? I mean, if you, you're, you're like, if we don't sell it in two weeks, it's overpriced. I mean, it was a time people would say if it doesn't sell in three months, it's overpriced. Right. 
and, and we're sort of seeing the inventory looks bigger than it actually is. And you'll, you'll see, you know, maybe half the inventory is overpriced and it just kind of sits and the other half comes on, gets under contract and it's just kind of churning while there's this top layer that's, do you think it's price or do you think it's condition? Like if it's the good houses, a lot in a lot of markets, it seems like the good houses will sell. In other markets, all houses are selling. I, I think it's price. I think that's, that's, a, that's a tough one to figure out because they, they both matter. You know? in, in, in some markets, I'm hearing all of a sudden there's, not all of a sudden, but slowly uh, they're getting more and more bidding wars, right? More and more of these things where, you know, they'll get two offers and, and they'll close a deal on one offer and then the seller's slow to sign on DocuSign and all of a sudden two more offers come in for more money and they're getting, agents are getting frustrated. Not that they should, right? It should be, it is what it is, right? That's, that's a good thing. You seeing some of that? We, we still get bidding wars. Uh, that, that happens sometimes that what you, what you described, I, I've definitely seen it. I don't, I don't see it a, a ton though. Maybe, maybe we just have a good team that pushes the signatures fast. Well, let's say you get an offer. How quick does that offer get to the seller? You, I mean, usually that day, the only, the only time within that day, the only time I would think it would be different is if we were putting it on the you know, market and it was first weekend and we were expecting multiple offers. We might, we might have a deadline of Monday or stall it on purpose. What, what, what about like, do you, do you review it? Does someone on your team look at it, review it, give the seller a summary sheet? What, what, what's your process there? If we have multiple offers or, or just any or just, offer? just one offer. Yeah, so it comes into the listing coordinator and our, our listing coordinators are all licensed. And basically after the listing agent signs the agreement, they, they take over most of the process and they'll, they'll get the offer in and they, they'll summarize it into the key points, you know, price, closing time, contingencies, down payment, financing. They'll send a summary to the seller with the offer and set up a time to, to review on the phone. Okay. And then, and then if the seller says, you know, what, what do you do when the seller says, well, let me think about it for a couple of days. We, we set the stage up front before they get offers that, you know, 24 hours is typically the expected response time. So we, we try to condition them up front to that, you know, every now and then maybe you get someone that wants to, to sit on it for longer than that, but that's, that's fairly rare. And how's your recruiting going? How's your, is your team growing? Is it staying the same? Where are you guys at now? We, we started the year with, I think, 27 people. We're up to 50 now, and, and we're looking to, to bring okay, on more agents. I mean, let, me, let, me, let me slow you down. You started the year with 27 people, and now you're at 50. Yep. The tw- you added 23 people. What, like agents? What? Who are you adding? So it was a mix. So we, we hired a sales manager this year. Sales manager does the coaching, weekly accountability meetings with all of our agents. We added a ton of buyer's agents, three, three listing agents, and then we added a bunch of support roles as well. So a buyer coordinator to handle the contract to close for all the buyers. Some of our top agents, we basically got showing assistance for them. So these are agents that are doing like 25 to 30 million and up a year in production. We added a bunch of, we 
in the last month, we've added a bunch of people on the marketing team. So we have a, an in-house videographer, an in-house photographer, a content writer, and we're, we're looking to add a social media coordinator as well. So that was based off of our meeting with, with Gary, what we thought we should do. So it's, it's, a, it's a mix. I'd say we, we, we tend to maintain the ratio of one, one support role for every, every person selling every, every. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So half and half. And then, so let's talk about the buyer agency, if you don't mind. Like, so you have these buyer agents and then you're like, okay, so now we're going to do you a solid. We're going to give you showing assistance. Now, did you have to cut the agent split so that they could give some of that to the showing assistant or like, how did you manage that whole, the economics of that whole new rule? So we, we are paying the showing agents a fixed salary plus a percentage of each closing. And then that's that percentage of each closing is split by the team and the buyer agent. Uh, and then, and then there's different levels. So the showing assistant is incentivized to bring in their own referrals, host their own open houses and bring in leads. That way they get paid additional bonuses on that. Cause they're bringing in, you know, essentially new business to the team. So it's, it's for the most part split, we're bearing a heavier burden on that, that fixed portion. But, you know, these are agents that are bringing in $25 million and up in production. So we wanted to create a way for them to be incentivized to stay on the team as they became bigger and bigger. And if we can do the hiring, do the training and build this out, you know, we think it's going to, you know, maybe hurt a little in the short term, but longer term, keep better people that have bigger visions with us, which I think is more important. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible, dude. I, I love that, man. You're, you're, I mean, you've more than doubled, right? Well, you're just about doubled. By the year's end, you'll have doubled. And uh, so much, so many good things talking about there. So let's say um, I want to come out and see you. Uh, I want to come out and see Carrie. I want to put your whole your whole show with Grant Cardone. What what is it? Is it just Grant talking? Uh, give me some details because someone people listening here might want to come out there. It might be worth a trip to D.C. and see the nation's capital. Yeah, so we're, it's going to be a mix. Uh, total program will be about four to five hours. We'll do a welcome reception, uh, coffee, you know, networking with hundreds of agents before the event starts. Grant's going to have about an hour talk and Q&A. The uh, VIP tickets get a photo op and meet and greet with him. So there's about 50 of those. The other portions of the program, we're still filling some of that out, but it'll, we'll have a panel of you know, agents. So other top agents, there will be a, definitely a panel, probably an hour long there. Carrie and I will probably each uh, train on a, a topic as well. My focus, I'm sure, will be on, on you know, how to quickly dominate a market because that's, that's what I did. That's what my book's about, which doesn't just apply to a new agent. That can apply to someone looking to get into another city that's already successful, start an expansion team, et cetera. So yeah, it should be a pretty good, pretty good day. A lot of different perspectives, a lot of different uh, successful people that have gotten there in, in different ways. And you, know, you never know, you know what you're going to learn when a lot of successful people are, are, are gathering and, and it's something I've done for years, you know, Tony Robbins, a uh, bunch of different real estate coaching training programs, go abundance. So it's, you know, I, I, these things take a lot of time. And, and sometimes as you're 
thinking about going on a trip. It's, it's a pain to, to get out there, but I've never, I've never gone to one and, and then regretted it. I've always gotten more, more out of it than I, than I you know, put into it. That's awesome, dude. Well, um, I'll put a link to tickets. I'll put a, uh, Dan's information, a link to his books, pretty much everything we're talking about, guys. All you got to do is uh, just go to hybendigital.com backslash Daniel Lesniak, L-E-S-N-I-A-K, Daniel Lesniak. And let's put, I'm going to put the number three because uh, the, the one of the times he came on, it was him and Carrie. I don't remember what I called it. So let's call it Daniel Lesniak three. Definitely reach out to him and say, thank you for sharing everything. And uh, you have any referrals for Washington, D.C. area, put it there, send them out to them. They're going to do a great job. Listen, as you know, everybody that comes on the show, uh, Dan brings a free gift. What is your free gift today? So I've got uh, 100 tips that I put in my book, and they're, they're things that range from overall strategy to down to the like tactical level. Like If you can't find a home for a, a buyer, here's a way to go find off-market homes. So I've got 100 of those. I can put it in a downloadable uh, PDF, and you know all the listeners out there can, can get it uh, for free. Oh, that'll be brilliant. So, guys, that'll be on hybendigital.com. Back to us, Daniel Lesniak, the number three. Or you can get the entire toolbox by just going to hybendigital.com. Back to us, toolbox. Or texting the word toolbox to 444-999. All right, buddy. Well, listen, you know, I may make it out to that event. I will uh, definitely be in touch with you. And uh, I'll see you on the the GoBundance chat group on some other things as well. But, uh uh, I'm excited to uh, get together with you in the near future soon, and um, and I appreciate you coming back on today and, and sharing so many nuggets with the Rockstar Nation. And and likewise, I'm I'm excited about what's going on. I'm sure uh, I'll see you on the GoBundance Winter Trip, and hopefully before then. But if not then, and thanks again for having me on. I always love being on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.